This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. Hey guys, hope everyone is doing well. Today we are going to visit a topic we were hoping to avoid, but we're getting down to crunch time and things just aren't looking so good. To help me with this, I'm joined by owner and operator of Apex Waterfowling in Ontario and Saskatchewan, our good friend, Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, Asher. Things are things are good. How's things uh, in the South today? Everything's good, man. It's hot as hell, but um, we're we're getting by. Looking forward to uh, to some colder weather. Now, I know some of you thinking, "Oh, I love Ryan Reynolds. He was awesome in Deadpool and Just Friends and Safe House, to name a few." But but this is the waterfowl, Ryan Reynolds. Way way cooler than that other guy. Yeah, it doesn't fill out the Deadpool suit the same, but definitely way cooler. <laughs> now, Ryan, we're not going to waste any time. We're gonna we're gonna jump right into this. So, as of right now, if you Google Canada border closure, the first few articles you will see are reports that the Canadian border is expected to remain closed until at least August twenty first, and then conditions uh, will be reassessed. Um, this is kind of one of those things where as the spring and summer was progressing, we felt like if we just kind of looked away and act like it, it wasn't happening, that it was going to go away. But I think we have all now come to accepting our faith that waterfowl hunting uh, by Americans in Canada is likely to not take place this season. Um, we're going to touch on a number of topics around this, but being the owner of not just one uh, Canadian operating outfitter, but but two, with the bulk majority of your clients coming up from the United States, what is, what's your reaction to this? Uh, it's been a wave of emotions, I guess you could say, basically going all the way back to when they first, when COVID first hit and they first closed the borders all the way back in March. I mean, obviously the closure in March <clears throat> affected our spring snow season, much like it did everybody's in the western prairies um that one kind of happened that was obviously a shock and awe like first time ever um but taken on the chin rather gracefully i think by by most waterfowl outfitters in the spring with the mindset like you said you know how well I'll lose the spring, but the fall's the big stuff anyways and everything right. will be back to normal and we'll be fine by then um as things progressed, you know, um, it got a little bit more real as it got a little closer that, okay, this is more of a flip of a coin than a for sure, than a for sure thing. And, you know, we all went through, when I say we all, I mean, Canada and the U S in my opinion, went through this period kind of early summer where everybody really believed that it was gonna, gonna open up in time for, for the season, um, to the point where, Bookings blew up, phone calls from new clients, from past clients, um, basically formed a waiting list for this year, just blew up. And as fast as that happened, I would say we come out the other side of it to where everybody was like, well, maybe we just wait because this is looking very real. Like we're not going to be able to get up there and, you know, that's that's obviously the the wormhole we're down right now because we're waiting now till the end of August. So you spoke on on March, um, whenever the Canadian border shut down to to all non essential traffic. Uh, I believe that was on March twenty first. Mm -hmm. Did you ever envision like us having this conversation, or not just us, but but just thinking about this, having this conversation with anybody? Like you said, you're like ah, you know, okay. We're going to take it on the, you know, on the chin with spring snows, but it's all good. Like you said, this is our, this is our big leagues, you know, coming up this fall. We're going to be, we're going to be okay. And now we're having this conversation. Did you ever, did you ever picture it, this happening? No, dude. No, not at all. If somebody said, uh, okay, you got to bet on your fall season. I'd have put her all on red and lost the farm in my opinion. I mean, some guys might not have, but, uh, I wouldn't have seen it coming. I mean, obviously, as a business owner, you know, you, 
in the back of your head, you always have to plan for the worst. So you put the contingency plans in place and you say, okay, if I get to this stage of the summer or this stage or this stage and nothing's happened, obviously you've got smart business plans in place. Right. But, but you know, if somebody said, hey, you got to bet the farm on it, I would have, I would have lost her because I wouldn't have seen it getting to, uh, getting to this point lasting this long. Right. And, you know, guys, if, if y'all want to know how serious they are in Canada uh, about, you know, the spread of, of COVID and everything going on right now, I'll give you a, a quick example. I was texting with my buddy I came up with in the minor leagues. He's in the uh, the Blue Jays starting rotation. And, you know, and they're going through like kind of their second spring training right now, trying to get ready for season. And I was talking to him, asking him kind of what it's like, what, what they've got going on. And uh, he's from North Carolina, went to UNC, um, but he's, he's, uh, he, he, he actually led the Blue Jays in innings pitched and strikeouts last year. So he's like their, you know, he's a staple in their rotation. He's one of their guys. So I was like, what, what's the deal? Like, what are they telling you guys? Like what's going on? And he's like, dude, if we leave the Rogers Center, it's a $750,000 fine if they leave mm-hmm. the Rogers Center. I said, like, where do you stay? And he's like, we stay in a basically a hotel connected to the Rogers Center. He's like, if we leave the Rogers Center, $750,000, and this is a single guy, so obviously baseball players, I'm, I'm going to ask him, like, what about, what about women? <laughs> and he's <laughs> like – Zero, dude. He's like $750,000 fine. You get caught letting somebody come in or out. And he's like, I'm telling you, man, they're, they're not playing around They're You know, there's a lot of, if you look at MLB players with COVID, there's been a lot of guys that have tested positive. So yeah. if you guys want to know how serious this thing is, um, you know, that's just a, a quick example that they're not yeah. messing around. He legit, he said it. He's, he's like, it's like prison, dude. It really is. It's like, it's like being in prison. They've got them. They've got them locked in there. Yeah, um, I had heard that they were all staying at the Rogers Center. Um, and I mean, just to add to your point of seriousness in Canada, I've got a buddy that just flew within Canada, obviously on a regular chartered flight, um, and they were told on the flight that if you take your mask off uh, during the flight, it's a five thousand dollar fine. So just to add to your seriousness of how legit they're taking it up here there's not much messing around so yeah i guess the the biggest point that i'm trying to drive home with that and what you just said is guys i know we think that you know our waterfowl hunting in canada is is a big deal to to them um and and i think to a lot of people it is individually it is a big deal whenever we come up and we help the economy and and eat at the restaurants and um you know grocery shopping alcohol fuel lodging yes i I think it's awesome i think it's a huge uh way to supplement some of these small towns but man the on the big scale on the, the 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 grand scheme of things that is not on the radar so i mean we can basically completely put that aside to think that Oh well, waterfowl season's coming September first. We better hurry and make a decision. Just, just know that the guys, that that's not factoring in in the yeah, in this decision. N- no, it, it's it's not at all. Um, I sit on the board of directors for Wildlife Habitat Canada, um, and I obviously am part of um, part of the Saskatchewan Outfitters Association. I'm a member of that. Being um, a business owner there. So I've been involved. I have friends and buddies that literally sit in parliament. Um, so, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be kind of on the front lines of some of the conversations for lobbying for our industry and really the whole tourism industry to begin with. And, you know, we're throwing numbers at them. Like, you take um, Saskatchewan or uh, Alberta alone. They announced last week that they got the Sandhill crane season, right? Everybody saw that article. That article went out. It was great. What I picked up the most out of that article that a lot of people might not have made it to, uh, it's down in the article, but they're worried about losing the season. And in 2018, Alberta 
Outfitters alone brought $1.8 billion to Alberta's GDP. And wow. that's, that's one province. And when we try and point out to the federal government that we've got all these other provinces that bring that much and more, right? it's not a factor. They just don't want COVID. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So, Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest money making time of year, and I, you know, I could be wrong, but I would have to say, obviously it would be in the spring and summer, um, you know, as far as the tourism industry and the, uh, the dollars and the amount that that spent, um, you know, exchange between uh, Americans coming up to Canada. Uh, so while that's a lot of money, if they were willing to, you know, miss out this long on the revenue that that's been lost from, um, you know, tourism early in the year, when I would say it's probably the peak time, then, yeah. you know, I don't think that. I don't think that that's going to factor, but I guess with that said, let me quick quickly just ask you what in your mind, what are the chances and, and just give me a percentage. What are the chances that the borders are open August 21st? Uh, you know, I, that's the million dollar question. And I wish I had a better answer for you to fill up some of the time on the podcast, but uh, I mean, give me just a, just a percentage. 50-50. I mean, it's a, 50%, in, my, in my honest opinion, I think it's anybody's guess at this point. I'd have to flip a coin and go 50-50 on it. I mean, um, you know, right now the border deadline is August 21st, but we also have another contributing factor that on August 31st, there's there was a deadline set way back months ago at the beginning of this okay. that – that um, August 31st was the deadline for anybody traveling to Canada has to quarantine for 14 days. Um, so not only do we need the borders to open, but we also need that restriction to change because right. even if they open the borders, but they extend that restriction, then it still kind of stifles us because I mean, we can't have guys coming for three day trips that have to quarantine for 14. So it's kind of, you know, there's that underlying point that not a lot of people are looking at and watching or even know about for that matter. But um, yeah, in, in short, I mean, man, my best guess is 50, 50 at this point. That's I mean, how I I'm planning everything. Would, I think most of us would take those odds. I think they're pretty good odds. So I guess moving forward, you know, for the most part, our the season, um, you know, in Saskatchewan is is the it's killing season. Is yeah, September, October, maybe get a little bit there in November. So let's move forward. What percentage do you think it's open by? Uh, let's say mid September. <clears throat> by mid September, well, I think uh, I think we stand a better chance for October if uh, okay. If I'm guessing, I mean, this is just, it's literally my opinion. I think it's going to vary no matter who you talk to. But I mean, by 1st of September, um, I give it a 50-50. By 1st of October, I mean, I might climb those odds a little bit, but it's still a guessing game type deal. If right. if if anything, at best, you know, personally, like apart from the business side, my worry is that they're going to try and limit the real busy holiday travel season and that's kind of my pessimistic side coming out going okay i have to plan for worst case scenario so right. we're gonna wonder if they if they would want everybody traveling you know go from no travel at all to crazy peak travel time sure. at the holiday season how's that going to help a decision but i don't know that's that's just my two cents which again like i said it's probably going to vary from who you talk to but so um you know, you run an operation, you run apex waterfowling in Saskatchewan, you run apex waterfowling in Ontario, both of which we, uh, bomb was planning to come visit, see you mm -hmm. guys. We visited with you last year, uh, in Ontario. It was incredible. Had a great time. Um, what are the dates that you had on the schedule with clients, um, for, Saskatchewan and what are the dates you've got for uh, Ontario? So I know that, you know, obviously Saskatchewan, September 1st, uh, everything cranks up. When was, when was the last group that you've got there? And then when is the last group or I guess 
like the peak time when you're running uh, your groups through Ontario? Yeah. Um, the first group was set to show up in Saskatchewan on September 2nd, and we were going to start hunting the third, uh, which was the third day of the season. Um, right through till pretty much the end of October, uh, in Saskatchewan with a couple day gap to come home. And basically we were set to meet and greet you guys, um, in Ontario at the end of October and we're solid right until the end of the first week of December in Ontario. Okay. So your season, you're running, um, you know, for people that may not know, so you're running deeper there. Uh, quite a lot deeper, actually. In fact, yeah. Ontario, usually, usually we'll run in Ontario. We'll run right till just before Christmas. Our our honker season in Ontario goes to pretty much the end of December, and our duck season goes to depending on how the calendar falls somewhere around the ninth to eleventh of uh, of January. So we actually oh, wow. run okay. pretty deep through. We usually run clients pretty close up until uh, just before Christmas type deal, and then. Uh, then go from there. So okay. she's, uh, she's a grind. Now I know that, um, you know, the area you're in, in Saskatchewan, you know, typically a peak migration can fall anywhere between, uh, you know, last little bit of September through the first few weeks uh, into October. When, when do things really start uh, fire? I mean, it was awesome while we were there. Uh, last year in Ontario, um, when when would you say your favorite window is there historically? Obviously, it can change year to year based on the conditions. But historically, when is your when is your just your favorite? You know, your favorite little stretch there in Ontario? Because I didn't realize that. You know, I knew you guys ran later, but I didn't didn't realize you you guys ran as late as you did. Yeah, uh, my favorite time in Ontario is pretty much from when you guys show up, maybe call it the third week of October uh, through to uh, pretty much Christmas is my favorite time. And and I know that's a really big window, but you've got different variables there, right? Like the, the peak migration of Canada's is usually here by the third week of October. Um, We probably got 75% percent or 80 percent of our push by then with another fresh push depending on the weather um to top us up like just absolute dirty style come the first of november and then and then uh, once you get in to november it's uh it's game on and then obviously december you have the snow which is a whole new factor so it's just different stages but right. pe- peak migration would be from the third week of october to you could say the end of the third week in November, we're pretty much full, full, full. Gotcha. Now let's, um, I want to get back to more of the, the Debbie Downer stuff. So let's, let's plan on saying the borders are not going to open. I don't, I don't see them opening. I sure hope I listened back on this and I was completely wrong, but I don't think they're going to open. Um, Right now, as a guy that has a lot of factors that go into getting ready for a waterfowl season, uh, especially a place that does lodging, that does food, um, what are you telling your guides? I mean, you've got you've got people from all over. I mean, I know you've got Jamie, and he's a you know he's a resident of Canada, but you got a guy like Hunter Morrow who's awesome. Love him. Met him down in New Zealand several yep. months ago when all this started. I didn't even know if we were going to get home from New Zealand. I thought we might be stuck with Hunter Hunter uh, all uh, – well, I, w- I was going to say all spring and summer, but down there I guess that would have been <laughs> winter. Say, but, uh, been, there'd have been worse spots to be stuck, I think. That's right. That's what we were saying. That's what we were saying. So um, what do you – What do you? Uh, how are you communicating this stuff with, with your guides? And then, you know, you got your chef and um, – how are you yeah. approaching that right now? Yeah. Um, contingency plan with another contingency plan with a whole bunch of hurry up and wait mixed in. <laughs> um, we, we've got plans for different stuff. Um, we've got different dates that we've got to get to, you know, cause they keep bumping us a month. Right. Um, so, uh, 
basically the way I have it set up, like I got nothing to hide whatsoever. I mean, the way that we're planning it is to get to a certain date. Um, and then everybody's going to be ready to go. Like we're going to Saskatchewan on this set date. Um, unless the government changes their mind and we're not allowed to go either, but we're going on this certain date. Um, we've got clients sitting on standby and all this kind of stuff because everybody's got flights booked. Um, and then, you know, if we get bumped past that date, well, now we're all going to convene and go on this new date that we've got set. So there's basically different benchmarks. And, you know, it's it's hard because, you know, we can sit here and say, you know, and you've said and pointed out, you know, as an outfitter, you know, it's got to be hard business-wise and how do you plan and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, man, my guys are what make my business tick. Uh, my business is nothing without – I can structure it how I want and I can plan whatever I want, but without the team that I've got – the business really is nothing. The customer service and the, you know, the happy clients come down to my entire team. So, I mean, this is their time of year where they make their cake, right? So, you know, we're trying to plan and protect them just as much as, as, uh, as myself and the business in general. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm communicating with them all. And actually yesterday scheduled a Zoom meeting with absolutely every one of them. So we're going to get on and take a look at everybody's ugly mugs and dial in the plans and everybody kind of get on the same page. So it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure a lot, a lot of people out there, they're learning a lot more about structure and business structure. You know, whenever something like this happens and you have to uh, deviate from the original plans, you're like, man, this... Uh, you know, I've learned a lot about myself and my my skills as far as uh, keeping people together and organization and doing things that you may may have never had to experience before. So big time, uh, big nice time. job on on the communication and keeping you know everybody body together. Um, you know, you spoke about um, you know your guides, and this is this is their money making time of year. This is when they they make their cake and. Um, I mean, I've got to ask, does, obviously this year it's going to hurt, you know, income, you lose, you know, and we're speaking all this on if the borders don't open, this would be a totally different conversation if we get a month from now and the borders open and everything starts falling. But right now we're, right. we're speaking on behalf of the borders not opening. Um, what do you think this is going to do to the future of waterfowling in Canada? Like, do you think, um... This is going to hurt a lot of people, and I and I hate to say it, but I think it it might even could knock some hardworking people out of business because they can't sustain this loss. What are your thoughts on the you know what could be the end result from this if the borders do stay closed this fall? Yeah, I um, I mean I I, I agree entirely. Um, it's going to hurt everybody. It's already hurting a lot of guys and it's hurting guys that have been in the industry for, you know, as long as I've been alive and we're getting ready to retire and it's hurting, you know, the guys that this is might be, you know, their first year or their second year type deal. And they just forked over a life savings or took on a big, you know, loan with the payment and all that kind of stuff. It's hurting, it's hurting those guys as well. Um, what I predict for the future. And I don't mean this in any, disrespect and i don't mean it to be blunt because you know like i said it, it's hurting really good guys um it's going to thin the herd and i don't mean that in a it's going to take the week out i mean it's going to hurt guys period and it's going to thin the herd um i just don't think there's going to be as many guys standing at the end of it which is wildly unfortunate um but that's my honest opinion. You know, I'm not, I don't want to offend anybody, but that's, I just don't see how it can not go any other way, unfortunately enough. Right. I mean, just think of it like any other young business uh, owner, you know, say you've got an idea whether you want to open a restaurant or you want to open a, uh, you know, a little general store or whatever it may be. If you, if, if you've, got your heart and your soul and your plans put into this business and then it fails and say you've got a bad location maybe and you're not generating the revenue that you thought you were going to generate um and it folds on top of itself um 
maybe not necessarily to do to anything you did wrong. Just the fact that, you know, yeah. you put your, your eggs in that basket and, um, that basket rewarded you with, with a big dose of, uh, freaking COVID-19 to, yeah. you know, to shut you hold down. I, rewards the, definitely the wrong word for it, but, um, that's, that's just the hand we were dealt. Um, and it's, it sucks. It really does. I mean, it sucks for everybody. There's people all over, um, the country and all over the world that are hurting, but, you know, obviously us being in the decoy industry, naturally, um, you know, the people that we're most concerned with are, are the people that, uh, sure. we're affiliated with and associated with. Um, so it sucks. Our sympathy, um, is out for anybody that, that, you know, is hurting. And I know there, there are a lot of people hurting, but, uh, you know, we're all in this together and we are, uh, yeah. we're going to, we're going to make it through the other side, regardless of what happens. Um, but all the, we can do is just control what you can control. You know, we well, can't control the, the, the border opening and, and, uh, there's just a lot of things that are completely out of our hands. Well, that that's exactly it. So, I mean, to, right to that point, you know, my wife actually keeps, you know, every time we hit a new deadline and something gets extended or whatever, I mean, I, I find where she keeps turning to me at certain points like that. And she's given me credit for quote unquote handling it as good as I am, because she's like, honestly, she's like, I don't know how you're handling it this well. And that's my reply is what are you going to do? Right. You can't what control, you, you, you can't control any of it. You almost have to sit back and chuckle at it and go, well, on to the next contingency plan. Right. We'll, we'll play it. We'll play it from there. But one, um, one silver lining is definitely going to be uh, the bird population is going to be a lot heavier when it gets down to you boys this fall and uh, years moving forward. I feel like there's going to be uh, a few more out there to be had because there's not going to be the same dent put in the yeah. population that there normally is. So one I was, silver lining. I was going to ask you um, about that. I was going to actually ask you, you know, a lot of people, they talk about the good old days, you know, do you think that, something like this as unfortunate as it is do you think uh was, some people could have a season of the good old days and obviously we know that that a lot of waterfowl they migrate on photo period but uh a lot of waterfowl as we know migrate on weather and yeah. you know so if the conditions do come together right and say you guys do get just a nice solid maybe above average, cold, harsh winter. Do you think some people down here in the state, specifically maybe some in the lower portions of the flyway, could see some seasons of the good old days? Honestly, I, I don't see how not, to be honest with you. I was texting with a guy the other day, actually, another guide, and uh, I think I think my text said something about uh, the glory days are going to come out of this shit storm right. just because, yeah, I, I don't see how not. I mean, look at population, educated birds. Um, you know, if you've got all those birds that are being hunted a fraction of what they usually are for eight weeks before they cross the border. Um, and on top of that, there's, you know, whatever the percentage that's usually killed isn't killed. I don't see how some of the Southern boys aren't going to have a, a banner a banner season. I, I, I predict that it'd be noticeable anyways, would be my guess. Um, you know, I was thinking about, um, you know, you, you, you talk about the glory days, good old days. And as bad as it sucks for you guys going back to trying to pull some positives out of this, think about, uh, the residents up there in Canada this year <laughs> and the, uh, you know, the opportunity that they're going to have, not not like they haven't had opportunity, but you know that it's no secret that the uh, there's been a huge uh, influx of, of freelance waterfowl hunters coming up from the United States, uh, specifically in the last, um, you know, I'd say eight to 10 years, but even, uh, you know, extreme amount probably in the last three to four, I would say everybody would say there's been a, you know, yeah. they've noticed an extreme uh, number of, of uh, waterfowl hunters coming up to freelance. So uh, think about these guys that, you know, you just got free reign of, 
you know, I guess kind of going back to the glory days of not so much the waterfowl, but the glory days of driving around scouting and not seeing another truck driving around scouting yeah. or asking permission on the birds that you were hoping for. So uh, 100%. to trying to pull some positive out of this, you know, maybe the glory days of driving the prairie and not seeing another hunter for a week. There's a very, I mean, that's, that's the fact of the matter, really. There's not a, even a good chance of it. That's just a fact really is what it's going to be. So, yeah. So kind of going to that with you being a Canadian resident, you know, obviously you can hunt up there. Um, you guys are going to spend some time, I imagine, you know, burning it down yourself. Oh, one, 100%. I mean, if, um, if the borders don't open, it's not like we're, you know, not going to go to camp and we're not going to be out there. I mean, we've got, there's the whole other side of the business that kicks in at that point, right? Because you've got contact to keep up with farmers. You've got relationships to maintain. You've got bird patterns to continue to follow. You know, did they go back to this farm this year? Did they use this roost? You know, um, all that kind of stuff. There's content to gather pictures, video, um, everything we need for advertising and to keep ourselves relevant all year. And shit, at the end of the day, I got an itch to scratch on the trigger fingers. That's right. so, I mean, you know, it's just going to give a lot of time for, for all of that stuff to be focused on. So yeah, we're definitely going to be burning them down if we don't have, if we don't have anybody to take or not. Almost like even for you, almost like just going back in time and then, enjoy just enjoying hunting for what it is again you know it's kind of like um everything that we do if you do something that you love and you turn it into a job at the end of the day regardless if it was once one of your favorite hobbies when it becomes your job um it does change the perception of of what you were doing i mean i've done both of them i've done it with baseball i've done it with yeah. waterfowl hunting and i love it i still love baseball i still love waterfowl hunting but they are different when they become your job so maybe even for a guy like you um you know it's waterfowl owning a waterfowl outfitter it is your job but maybe you can kind of just roll back with the boys and just turn back the clock a little bit and just kind of enjoy it for what it is like you used to yeah i i won't argue with you on that i mean you know like you said, you know, I could not be more grateful to essentially turn my my first hobby and then passion into a career, not even a job, a, a career that provides for the sure. family and, and everything like that. Couldn't be more grateful for it. Um, but yeah, the idea of having a season where, you know, you could pick the days that you actually want to listen to the alarm clock at 3.30 in the morning <laughs> and... and, and 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 get to go pull the trigger on the days that you do pick to listen to it. Yeah, I mean, sure. If we're picking out silver linings, that's a hard one to ignore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, we're not going to be completely negative. We we do want to be somewhat negative <laughs> yeah. because we got to be realistic with what we're we're facing and what we've got going on. But like we already said, control what you can control, and if there's nothing you can do about it then yeah let's pick the let's pick the good out of it so and, and uh, i agree and i mean that that's what i'm hearing from a lot of my clients um nobody's really upset everybody's understanding that we're in this together everybody's disappointed you know i mean like i'm fortunate enough that you know my operations booked i'm booking into next year so you know last year i was booking into this year so you've got guys that have been jacked to do this for over a year now type deal so i mean everybody's in it everybody's in it together and i mean there is definitely a negative with it, but you know, yeah, eh, it is paddling the paddling the same boat. So that's right. You know, we've been kind of going back and forth, positive, negative, positive, and negative. So I'm going to jump back. This is kind of neutral, I guess. And then I've got one more question. Um, I have some notes here that I jotted down, and I've got one question I wanted to ask you about that could be a little bit more on the negative side. Yeah, for sure. For some people, positive side for others. But before I get to that. Um, you're, you're a resident of Canada, as we already talked about, and you had books in two places that are full for this season. Mm -hmm. Now I know, you know, just, just talking to all of our other outfitters and the communication I have with them, the, the bulk majority of their clients are coming from the United States. Um, you know, you had already said in the beginning that, that 
you know, that's correct. But do you have many clients that are that are on the books with you that are residents of Canada that still might be able to make their trip? Uh, I, I do have Canadian clients. I would not say a bunch of them. Uh, in fact, uh, the entire season booked in Saskatchewan, there's one group of Canadians that, uh, that book every year. And in Ontario, I do believe there's two groups of Canadians and the rest is Americans. So pretty safe to say that 98% of the calendar between the two provinces and two camps is American clientele. So, so that for one, those uh, clients, um, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to, uh, maybe get Jamie and Roach over there with you to, to run them through or, uh, yeah. what's your plan there? I mean, because yeah. you live in, you know, you live in Ontario and, and Saskatchewan isn't just a, it's not like just going from like Arkansas to Texas, you know, this is, it's, it's a long ways over there. So, uh, she's a 30, 36 hour ride. Yeah, it's, it's serious. You, you know, I know a lot of people, they think, Oh, Canada. But when you think of the vastness of Canada and how far the Ottawa area is from the central Saskatchewan area, it's a very long way. So, um, what's your plans on how you're going to, going to run those groups? W- when do you have those guys, uh, set up to come through? Yeah, so we're definitely going to run them. We're not, I mean, we're going to be happy to have whoever we can get in camp at whatever point of the season it is. Um, as for the Saskatchewan stuff, because like you said, you know, there's legal or there's logistics, sorry, of getting staff there. You know, we supply the meals and all the stuff that takes to operate the business and put the hunt on without cutting any corners. So essentially, we're going to be there regardless for the last, uh, well, we're going to be there for the majority of September um, with anticipations that if the border doesn't open in September, at the 1st of September, that it will the 1st of October, and we'll be able to get that be ready part of the Exactly. And what we'll do is we'll run the group of Canadians that we had booked in Saskatchewan. We'll run them in on or, um, in September where they fit in and, uh, and, and go from there. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things that there's, there's a very good chance there'll be last minute opportunities for Canadian residents to book right. an opportunity to go on a dream hunt that maybe they they never would have had the opportunity before sure. because you know we're booked already or you know the rates could be on a discounted price or whatever the odds are there could be last minute opportunities but yeah we're definitely going to be putting the the Canadian people through for sure good deal so you know, you guys listening that, you know, residents up there that, that, uh, maybe have wanted to get on something, there you go. You know, if your opportunity is to get with a, an outfitter that, that is from Canada that can take you out, um, you know, here's your shot. So, um, now I said that I was going to ask, I've got one more question that I think could be, you know, positive for the outfitters, maybe negative, for everybody else, but do you think, you know, because there's a lot of people that think that the clock is ticking on freelancers, uh, specifically coming up from the United States to be able to come up and hunt in Canada. There's some people that think the, the, uh, that that's coming to an end. Some think very soon, some think it'd be five or 10 years, but, but I think most people probably would agree that that's not going to last forever. Do you think this situation right now could set uh, some sort of precedent or uh, could be a, you know, a factor that goes into maybe that coming to uh, that, that actually becoming a reality where, where people can't come up there and just freelance, but they are required uh, to hunt, you know, with an outfitter. Do you think that, uh, Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my thoughts on that would be, I mean, and I've had many conversations about the whole freelance thing and, and whatnot, um, how close we were and all that kind of jazz. I, I don't know whether it was going to ever happen or not. Again, no clue. What I can see, and this is just my opinion and just my guess, obviously there's no inside track on anything. Um, but, uh, Depending on what stage COVID-19 is at, when they allow travel again, 
whether it would be a permanent thing or not, I could see where there's a possibility that it might not be open to freelance travel of any kind in the tourism industry okay because because of you know spread like okay what are you going to do when you come here who are you going to be in contact with what kind of travel restrictions and guidelines will there be when things first open up um like and my point to that is that if you're booked with an outfitter I could give an entire itinerary of everybody that comes and hunts. These people with these names are on these flights flying into this airport, going to be with me at this location for these dates, and then travel home through this route, right? So it can all be tracked. They could be where a a freelancer shows up at the border with his decoys, and I'm going to stay at this hotel, and if the birds aren't in this area, I might go here, I might go here, I might go here. Um I, I don't know. There could be a contributing factor there, but would that last, you know, would that be a permanent thing? Mm, I don't, I, I don't think so. Um, but it could be a very real thing right out of the gates, depending on, right. you know, what they decide to deem as safe to travel after all this stuff. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm a, I was just curious about it. I'm a, I'm a neutral party on the whole thing. Um, naturally I, I love to freelance. I love to do my own thing. I like, it's very rewarding scouting, finding birds and, and, uh, you know, killing them. But I also, I love our outfitters. I love the good ones that do it the right way. I love the fact that they can give people the experience of a lifetime that they could have never experienced on their own. Um, and I love what the good ones stand for in the way they they run their businesses the way they respect their clients um and i love the the freelance grinders that go out and uh do it on their own so we'll see we don't know what's going to happen i'm a neutral party i uh i support i support both Uh, i support our outfitters that that make a living and careers out of this thing and providing huge uh happiness to a large amount of people putting smiles on people's faces and I love the, uh, the reward side of it from the, uh, freelance putting, you know, putting the hard work in and putting, uh, miles on those tires and finding could, your own could, birds. Couldn't so agree, couldn't agree more. Who, uh, who knows what's going to happen, but either way it's, we've, we've already said it five different times, but, uh, if you can't control it, don't, don't lose sleep over it. You know, life's short and, um, you know, control what you can control and be as positive as a person as you, you can have, you have, have a positive be. impact on the people around you. And ultimately that's all we can do. Well, and, and that's, that's exactly it. I mean, there's no other way to be, it doesn't matter if it's your day-to-day life as a person or if it's uh, you know, business, you know, you just, you have to be as positive as you can be with everything, put the best foot forward and, you know, be honest with everybody about the whole situation that you're involved in it with. Cause that's the way to come out the other side clean. That's right. Well, Ryan, I, uh, you know, I've, I appreciate you joining me on, uh, on short notice and, and talking to me, you know, about this and just kind of hopefully providing a little insight to some people, uh, you know, so they can kind of make plans or just think about, you know, these things moving forward and, and what they're going to do and how it could change the way they do things. But, um, Hopefully some of you guys will find it informative, but, but quickly before I let you go, um, you know, you've been a a great supporter of dive bomb for a long time. I mean, we've got, we went up there and hunted with Ryan in, um, Ottawa last year and we were running V twos that were, were over eight years old, uh, up there. And it was awesome. We absolutely wore them out, but it wore me out just hunting over, eight-year-old decoys and i was like dude we got to get you some new decoys but they're like man we don't need new decoys these work and well they they worked very very well for three days so i could i could see why they they you know aren't in any hurry to get new decoys but ryan's been a great supporter uh ryan and his friends as as well have been great supporters of uh dive bomb and uh you know i know they're always you know i talk to ryan all the time uh, via text and he's always asking about new products and when stuff's coming and all this good, good stuff. And, uh, so I've got to ask what, um, 
what products are you most excited about or or what we do have out that maybe you guys don't have in the arsenal yet the that's that's actually a pretty easy question i would say out of the new stuff i mean the old v2s aren't going anywhere so i'm just going to get that out there right now the old v2s aren't going anywhere but um i mean we've obviously added new stuff other than those but my f- product that i'm looking forward to the most i would say is the new the new uh v2 canada poses this year and uh and the black and whites, I can tell you, we talked we talked about it when you first showed up last year. But there's about to be a great big order of black and whites coming to uh, coming to Ontario. I'm looking forward to getting those in the spread, as well as uh, the backboards when they happen. Those are going to be fun. Yeah, man. I um, I I'm just hoping. I just hope so bad that that we can come up there again, just selfishly because we had so much fun. And uh, you guys were such good hosts, and the food was was just great. The hunting was awesome, and uh, just selfishly, I really, really, really want to come back up there with our guys and just get some awesome content again. Um, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that. But uh, yeah, and let's not let's not forget we've got we've got some awesome dive bomb followers that are set to come with you, along with uh, along with the lad that just did uh, the goose <laughs> dance in the video too. He's supposed to come this year all of a sudden. So, I mean, yeah, I don't to I don't know if everybody that. if everybody I don't know if everybody saw, but I, most people listening probably are part of our our uh, dive bomb industries forum and fan page on Facebook. But if you're not aware of what Ryan's talking about. Uh, make sure you go join that page. We've got a calling contest that went on, and there's there's one video in particular. Uh, the vi- the viral one. You'll 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 find it if you go on the page, but you'll find a uh, a man blowing his uh, goose call in a, a man thong, and he does some pretty pretty aggressive shaking with those with those honks. But uh, man just in light of everything that's going on and in our page it's just so funny it's just kind of like being in a locker room anyway and uh man people just went crazy just dying over the video i mean if it wouldn't have been in a closed page there's no telling how viral it would have went or how many people saw it but definitely this guy we're like man we got to get a hunt lined up ryan reached out to him and he's actually who's going to join us um if if the borders do happen to open and we got we got some pretty pretty funny stuff planned um yeah that's you know for that one as well so we'll see if they open we can't wait for that if for some reason they don't we'll we'll roll it forward but but either way we uh we cannot wait uh for waterfowl season to get here i mean we've got we've got early geese coming i mean north dakota opens up in a month uh it's just hard to believe because it's so hot right now but everybody i talk to you know it's it it sounds like things are looking up it looked like a very 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 favorable breeding conditions this spring and uh the reports i'm hearing from all over have been really really positive yeah everything everything i've heard from i mean obviously what i watch on the outfit inside of things as well as the wildlife habitat canada board that i sit on all of our reports coming from cws and everything like that i mean it looks like it was great across the board well ryan i uh I appreciate you joining me today, man. I appreciate your support of Dive Bomb. You know, I know we've got a lot of new users uh, in in that Ontario area specifically because of uh, the impact that you guys have had. I've had several people that that have ordered things and reached out, called, text, "Hey, I saw Ryan doing this," and um, so that that's always greatly appreciated. As it is, everybody out there that that helps us and spread the word about our decoys if you like them and and they work for you and yeah. uh you spread the word for us that that's just really greatly appreciated and uh it's awesome uh, i mean there's no doubt our our rapid growth can be directly attributed to uh our followers and the people um that are running our products and putting them to the test and um you know and and spreading the word about them so not only just our outfitters but you know individuals as well uh, we just, it's very humbling and, uh, we, we greatly appreciate, 
um, you know, all the con words and stuff we see on social media, um, calls, texts, pile picks, you know, just success stories, whatever it may be. So uh, you guys, you guys just know that uh, it doesn't go unnoticed and, and we, we appreciate it, you know, individuals and outfitters alike. Definitely. Well, I can tell you from my side of the fence, the pleasure is all mine. You guys are an absolute dream to work with. The product speaks for itself. And uh, um, I'm going to thank you for allowing me to jump on here and talk with you too. I love listening to it every week and uh, grateful to get the chance to sit down and talk to you. There's a lot of really, really good outfitters in Canada and you guys work with the majority of them. So the fact that uh, I was able to sit down and have this conversation with you instead of one of those guys who would have been just as well off to do it as me. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, Ryan. Well, tell all the boys that I said hello, and um, you know, I know I'll be talking to you soon, man. Definitely, definitely. I'll pass that on, and you have yourself a great afternoon. Okay, thanks, Ryan. We'll see you. Thanks, Asher. All right. Well, there it is. Um, you know, if you've got freelance. Uh, trip to Canada planned for this fall, you know, don't, doesn't mean just necessarily rule it out. Um, but, but just keep in mind that there is a good chance that the borders won't open. So make sure you're prepared. Uh, you're communicating with, with your friends and, uh, the guys in your hunting group and hopefully getting some, some alternate plans set up for uh, worst case scenario. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys listening, comment, please subscribe. Uh, it just kind of lets us know how we're doing, uh, what you guys want to hear next. Uh, all that feedback is greatly appreciated. As always, make sure you're following along uh, on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. The Facebook group is awesome. We already touched on it, but Dive Bomb Industries forum and fan page, make sure you get in there. We've got a TikTok. We've got a YouTube channel. Filled Facts with Forrest. They're absolutely awesome. Make sure you get yourself in there. Don't miss out on that. Now is a great time of year to learn some things, to educate yourself, make yourself better, make those around you better. Uh, that series is just a just a great, great source of information. So make sure you take advantage of that. We appreciate you guys, everything you do for us. Thank you for listening. Y'all be good. Thank you for listening to the Dive Bomb Squadcast.